daily podcast where we discuss the movie titanic minute by minute today we're discussing minute nine uh and in minute nine snoop flips over a door to reveal safe i'm your co-host rob and joined as always by my good friends duff and joe hello everyone in podcast land hi there um so i think right away we're you know we're back in the submersible here and uh can i can I put in Joe. for just a second? Do you purposely describe each minute in the most boring way possible? <laughs> well, how would you describe this minute? They flip over a door to reveal a safe. I mean, you can make it like you could <laughs> say this is the safe where they think the heart of the ocean is in. You know? Yeah, that's. I, mean, I don't want to play it up a little bit. I don't want to use our best material right away. <laughs> we got a lot of minutes to go. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to talk about the faces that we see here. In the submersible, between Lewis's face, which we shouldn't talk about too much, and also Paxson, and I'm going to say this: both this minute and the last minute, I think Paxson's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, he really sells his sort of like interest in flipping a door over and like <laughs> seeing the safe there. There also, it's also a great depiction of two men bickering uh, while trying to get a job done. Well, I, I did notice, Joe, you're right. This is the third time uh, so far in this movie where he says, boss. It's extremely irritating. Uh, oh, baby, baby, you've seen this, boss. That's the witch. That's my pick for worst line in the movie so far. <laughs> is it worse than someone left the water on? It is not. <laughs> uh, I mean it's all right it's not worse yeah okay it's it's the silver medal winner so far okay someone left the it's water on the podium on the <laughs> uh, um so then we leave we leave the submersible and we go to uh the keldish which is brock's research ship and in real life this is a real ship called the uh keldish the uh i'm gonna butcher this but uh rv academic Mislav Keldish uh, and it is owned by the Russian Academy of Sciences and it has room for 90 people on board, 45 crew members, 20 pilots, engineers and technicians, 10 to 12 scientists and about 12 passengers and there are 17 laboratories and a library on this ship which I find fascinating and it uh, was built in 1981. So we see real footage of this. Um, once again, James Cameron, being James Cameron, actually films this uh, like an hour and a half or two hours off the coast of Nova Scotia. And uh, filming on a boat, guys, it's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> no. <laughs> One thing I was going to say is James Cameron estimates that he has spent nine months of his life on that boat. Wow, between all those expeditions? Between his... I don't know if it was just Titanic or if it was all of his deep-sea adventures, but he says he's like very close with the crew and he's spent the better part of a year on that thing and, and James, over his life. James, thank you for your service. <laughs> I mean, 
it's crazy because like not only are they you know using this actual boat that was used for these expeditions but like to shoot that boat you need to have another boat that comes with it for all your you know equipment and crew and everything and then you have like helicopters taking shots of this and then you've got cameron who's crazy enough to be like there can't even be a horizon in the background like we shouldn't see any land in the horizon so we have to travel a couple hours off the coast uh and then you think for like crew and actors like if you're only needed for a little bit like you have nowhere to go you're just hanging out on a boat until they're done shooting (laughs) hopefully they have liquor on the boat and pcp <laughs> That's right. Well, oh, this actually has a really good point. This is it was in Halifax, right? When the PCP thing happened, it was totally Lewis, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, yeah, it's a solid bet. Um, he, he was just goofing. <laughs> do you know? Do you know why that all makes sense now? I was going to talk about this. I love how Lewis is that guy. It's like, where did that champagne come from? And then all of a sudden, everyone's getting doused with it. And well, yeah, that's actually a really good point because we're on the ship. Lewis is so proud, and I kind of was thinking about how this movie tries to set up Brock as being this arrogant, like treasure hunting, you know, pirate type character. But Brock isn't the problem. Lewis is the incredibly arrogant one. Yeah, way more so than Brock. I didn't even get when I first saw it that Brock was supposed to be kind of heartless and careless. I, I, I just thought he was a dull character because the way yeah. it's written and portrayed, I'm just like, oh, he doesn't really care one way or the other. And I hear James Cameron talk about how he's supposed to be this ruthless scavenger and he's just tossing all these other artifacts aside. I'm like, oh, it's, it's weird that James Cameron somehow was subtle about something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I kind of outside of the first couple minutes where, um, where Brock kind of like puts the camera on himself and does that like you know documentary monologue. He he's not that arrogant outside of that, really. I mean, he doesn't believe Rose right away, and we'll get to that. But I mean, that's fair. Yeah, he shouldn't believe her. And also, as Joe talked about, it doesn't sound corny by the standards of the movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's like so. It's not subtle enough to make him seem bad. Like, if they just had him recording those like kind of really dramatic readings, and then he just goes on from that to just not even commenting on it and just acting like a jerk, then it would make sense. But when they keep like bending over backwards to be like, "Oh, you're so full of it, boss," it just it it, it makes him seem like a nice guy because they're willing to say that to him. Hmm, that's true. Um, I was actually thinking rewatching that that minute, Duff. It's not Lewis gets the bottle of champagne from in the scene. There's a photographer, and the only reason I say he's a photographer is because he's got a camera around his neck. But he's the one. He's got a beard, and he's holding the bottle of champagne, and then Lewis takes it from him. So it's ah. the beard bearded photographer, the guy who you need to blame. The uh, the other probably wanted to, probably wanted to drink it, and old Lewis grabs it. <laughs> yeah. Probably just photographer. Man, I had a busy day taking pictures. <laughs> just gonna enjoy this bottle of. Uh, they they cut out the scene where the photographer's like, "Lewis, no, your pancreatitis. You're not supposed to drink." <laughs> I'm sure and, uh, the, the photographer was thinking, 
oh, this is a, a vintage bottle of champagne that I was saving for 50 years. I hope some smelly fat guy doesn't grab it out of my hands. <laughs> it was bottled the same year the Titanic set sail. I've been saving it for this special moment. <laughs> the Chris Elliott could have been the photographer, and then in Titanic Boy, they have like a battle over the bottle. <laughs> Titanic Boy. We've had some of the worst ideas so far on this. Uh, we also see another character, uh, Bobby Buell. Buell? Bobby Buell? I, was, he, I think Buell. Yeah, he's the guy with the sunblock on his nose. Yeah, uh, that's a weird touch. <laughs> it's really bizarre. I thought that was cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> he went all Scarface on a pile. Or we should say, listeners, we're not making fun of anyone for using sunscreen, and melanoma or, is a very or, serious issue. Or, co- or cocaine. Or cocaine. <laughs> so, Lewis opens... So, like, here's my issue with the Lewis champagne thing. They haven't even opened the safe yet. Could he just wait until they see what's in it before he cracks it open? He already made the Geraldo joke, didn't he? No, the Geraldo joke happens in minute 10. Okay. So at this point, they've pulled the safe up, and they're about to open it, and he just busts open the champagne and starts pouring it on everyone before they open it. That is absurd. Yes, and uh, man, okay, it's especially absurd when they're already clearly aware of the of the possibility that it will have nothing in it because they are about to make a Geraldo joke. But I don't want to bring up Geraldo again because. We will save the Geraldo dunking for tomorrow. Yes, <laughs> we got to dunk on that guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so for today, I want we Brent mentioned on Monday, right? About like what are the laws and all this stuff? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, tough. Why'd you bring that up again? Now I can't remember. Uh, it's about whether I, or not. Was, oh, like what laws there are? The, I see, like that. Like it's a Russian ship. Water. Yeah, and it would be international waters. Yeah. It would. Yep. So yeah, who 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 makes the law when you're in the mirror? I don't know. Uh, I would ass- I would assume there's like maritime law treaties and maybe the UN, but I, I don't know, so I'm not going to speculate. But I do know that in the late in when they discovered the Titanic wreck in was it eighty five? Eighty five, yeah. Uh, they the Congress, the U.S. Congress, almost a, very soon after passed a law that the ship shouldn't be salvaged or raised or disturbed. And and it was a U.S. French expedition that discovered it. And and Rob, you've done more research on this than me, so you, I'm assuming you probably know more about this than me, right? Or does your did your reading not get into like finding it again? Uh, I remember. I, I'm trying to think of the name of the expedition that first found it, the Woods Hole, right? Was it Woods Hole Institute that found it? I believe. I know um, it was a like, U.S. and French like collaborative effort. Yeah, that's all I know is that is that all I really know on it was that Cameron sort of um, when they were making the abyss, he f- around then is when the Woods Hole um, f- they found the uh, found the wreck, and then he ended up went to their institute in South and stuff the Titanic, and that's sort of how the Titanic bug started for him. But I don't know anything about the legal part of it all. So it. Uh they, so the co- Congress passed a law, like you know, forbidding disturbing it and stuff. So then they were going to go back after they discovered it, 
and the French, I think the French team was just like, uh, yeah, we're going to go down there anyways. Who cares? That's not, <laughs> we don't need to listen to them. So then they went, went down and, you know, searched around it and stuff. But it, it just, reading that in preparation for recording these kind of made me, it reminded me with, with this minute, but especially the ne- the next minute too, they're just, they just throw this safe onto the deck of this ship. Yeah. This, I mean, I know it's at this point, you know, uh, 70 or, or 70 or 80 years old, but still, which isn't that old in the archaeological sense, they're still just going to crack that thing open right there on the open deck of the ship while s- some idiot is spraying champagne behind them. <laughs> <laughs> They open it up with the same kind of like uh, disc saw that like you would use to like cut open a padlock that you can't find the key for to your shed. <laughs> there, there's just no absolute. And then, and then when the next episode, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I'm assuming we're going to spend the whole next episode making fun of Geraldo. He just grabs the stuff out of it and just plops it down on the deck. That's just unbelievable to me. <laughs> in in a in a where James Cameron's always bragging about his attention to detail and stuff. Why not film it, them opening the safe the way that they actually would? Put some gloves on. I know he really wants the diamond. Well, yeah. I mean, I. it's interesting you bring up, like, that first expedition because, like, I'm curious how Congress had jurisdiction to say they don't. could. They don't. Okay. <laughs> they, just like, don't. They, they probably could... But they, that probably makes it illegal. Maybe if a if a United States expedition went out there and grabbed stuff off of it, it probably would have then been illegal for them to bring stuff back into the United States. Okay, because that's what I I'm would trying to think. Figure out because it's a, it's a, it's you know the White Star Line ship, which is British, that left England. It was built in Ireland. It was on its way to the U.S. It sunk. The country it's closest to is Canada. Like I don't, I just have no idea who can determine what happens with that ship. Like who yeah. owns that wreck? Um, Poseidon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Mer people. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, that's. Uh, how, I, I have a random question, but how many tuxedo T-shirts do you think Lewis owns? <laughs> He buys a new one every six months because the old ones don't fit anymore. <laughs> oh, man. So, I, I, I'm going to point this out. We don't know what they're looking for in this movie right now, right? Right. Like, like as of he's first time men- were- I thought he's mentioned the diamond already. I just mentioned the ghost ship. and. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he mentions a diamond. Mm. All right, whatever. Not, it, no, it, well, we'll get to. No it one's depending it. on us to look at this movie really, really closely <laughs> and analyze it in a detailed way. Well, my point is, like, we've seen this. We've seen them flip a door over. We've seen them bring the safe up. They're super excited to see what's in it. But as a viewer, we have no idea what they're looking for. Absolutely no idea. They don't mention Heart of the Ocean. They don't mention diamonds. I, I'm pretty sure none of that is mentioned in the first nine minutes of this movie. Okay. So, it's just kind of like a bizarre little thing because, like, we're watching them celebrate finding the safe with something important in it, but we don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's enough, though. I mean, you'll naturally surmise that it's something like jewelry or something valuable. 
Well, I, th- so- I think you're getting way too into the weeds because we are only nine minutes into this. And That's true. It, it, you're going to find out pretty quickly. If we were like 45 minutes into a movie and this is all that had happened. I guess what I'm, what I'm thinking is I wish I could put myself into the a, a viewer watching this for the first time. And when they're like, this minute ends them about to open the safe. What are you thinking is in the safe as a first time viewer? I like think a, the first time I saw it, I already knew what they were looking for, so I can't really say. Um, do either of you have anything else for a minute nine? Nope. Well, no. uh, we'll be back tomorrow then for a minute ten and a uh, Geraldo reference. Geraldo happy hour. <laughs> Geraldo happy hour. That's right. Get your drinks or not. Um... We'll be back tomorrow. Bye.